I called it ditch shit world fuck off bad drawing. That's what I called it. That's what I called it. Stink, right? Stinky bad drawing bad. Stop drawing bad. Learn that, to draw more bad. That, if I want to see Ooh, it. Is what I called it. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. It is episode 422. I am uh, Ian. And I'm David. And there we go. That's the way we start it. It seemed a little informal, but that's fine. Yeah, I was trying to think of a play on where to. It's 2-2, two, 2-2, two, two, two. Bishop Desmond 2-2. Two, two. I had nothing, so <laughs> yeah, well. I decided to just bail. I'll tell you right now, this is the year of hindsight. Oh, that's right, because it's... 2020. Very good. So we can look back at the last decade and go, huh. Yeah, remember that? Remember the decade and all the things? <laughs> I don't really... We can actually look back at most of the decade in a podcast forum. We've recorded through most of it. That's true. Yeah, we have a weekly update for every week, pretty much. You know. That's true. In fact, we, we are basically <clears throat> one of those annoying people that say, Oh, actually, the decade begins uh, next year, in 2021. We did not start with the year zero, sir. That's right. But maybe they did. Maybe the cooler kids started with the year zero. Before uh, before everyone else, and they were like, you know what? Nothing counts this year. It's year zero. So anything you do won't uh, you can't be charged for legally. God can't see year zero, mm. so they just get it all out now. He can't see your zero either. Uh, yeah, I guess. Can God divide by zero? Ah, oh, we've gotten into that before. You didn't know about that. I don't want to get into it. All right, go ahead. Continue. Can't divide by anyway. Um. Uh. Well, I was. I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say. That since it's all random anyhow, it doesn't really matter. Ah, uh, there you are. It's just arbitrary, right? Yeah, it was funny just with the pause you were doing. I'm not going to say what movie we talked about on the latest fan splainers because you know, though it's pretty obvious what it would be. Uh, but I just kept getting the names wrong constantly. Yes, you did. So it'd be like we're talking about Wizard of Oz and like. So anyway, Toto and Dave, uh, they're going down the yellow brick <laughs> Dave, road. What? Huh? You mean uh, 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 Dorothy? 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 Go down the room. Anyway. So it's uh, the Wicked Witch of Washington, and she says to <laughs> wait, the guy, wait what? a second, uh, Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, what? The, the West. Yeah, the Washington's in the West. Jeez, yeah, God. <laughs> so anyway, where did, what Washington did you think? Oh, you think I was talking Washington, D.C.? I thought you were talking about Washington, D.C. Nah, well, I guess. We know yeah. that's where all the witches are. Yeah. I'll... Booyah! Political satire is <laughs> not hard. It's not hard at all. Let me sing a song about... Dun, dun, Actually, dun, 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 dun. it is harder than you think, as someone who is married to an editorial cartoonist. Uh, what do you do? How do you make it writes itself? Ian. How do you, yeah, you just make fun of the clown. You just make, make fun, fun of, fun the, of the clown gone. who's got a chainsaw. What's not to just make it look exaggerated <laughs> and crazy? There we go. Anyway, uh, if uh, we're not saying what we're doing on fan splainers, but please do uh, give that a listen if you if you haven't yet. It's our uh, uh, sidecast. Is that one of our sidecasts? It's a sidecast. It's you sure. and I. We'll do that. Uh, and uh, our, our last episode, we went through every Star Wars movie except the most recent one. Yes. I'm not going to say what our next fan splainers is, mm. but. Uh, I'm just going to say we went through every Star Wars movie in our last episode, except yeah. the most recent one. Okay. But I'm not going to say what the next one is. Okay. It might be Battlestar Galactica. That would be interesting. You just really get a good deep look back at that movie from the uh, from the late 70s. Huge fan of Starbuck. Now, was Battlestar Galactica released in theaters? or It was, but it was basically... Just a TV pilot? It was a TV pilot that was... That was spruced up a little bit and put, put sent to theaters just because Star, Star Wars was such a huge hit. Wow. 
And Has it that was, happened before where they just like took a TV show and just went, now it's a movie? Like, it feels like you couldn't scale up a TV show and not have it look insane on a screen back in the 70s, right? Unless it was all shot on, uh, on it, film? It most likely was shot on film because it was a TV series with special effects. It was done by John Dykstra. Who is? Who had worked on the special effects for Star Wars. He, he, no. He invented the, I think it was called the Dykstra Cam, which was the computer-controlled camera they used to shoot the sequences because was what what Star Wars did that was so revolutionary is that it was the camera that moved towards the models not the models towards the camera mm. so they could and the, the camera was computer controlled so they could repeat the same movement over and over again exactly the same each time and so they could superimpose all kinds of different actions with that by having that camera go in towards things but by doing that it made it look like it was coming towards the camera mm. which gave a sense of everything coming towards the camera but it was actually the camera that was moving so for instance when you see like the the X-Wings flying along through the canyon in the Death Death Star. They're not actually flying through the canyon. Star. They're, they're just sitting perfectly still, and the camera is going towards them. Oh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. It was a great invention. And then I think he had a falling out with Spielberg, probably just over control of the... You mean Lucas? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's my turn now to make yeah. mistakes. Oops. Um, yeah, between Lucas and, uh, and Dykstra, they had a falling out. I, I'm not too sure what it was. Maybe over control of ILM or maybe... Maybe payments up for ILM because he was a major contributor to what ILM became. But he left and he did Battlestar Galactica. So, which went on to beget Galactica eighty, and then what, a reboot of Battlestar Galactica later on that people later. really enjoyed. I don't. Galactica I mean, eighty, where uh, you found out everything was happening in nineteen eighty. Oh, really? And they just landed on Earth. Yep. Oh, that's disappointing. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw that one. That's interesting. Like you were happy to see them. Find Earth, like, because yeah. it's Gilligan's Island rules. You're like, oh, they got off the island. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But once they're, you know, here, it's like, mm, okay, now what? Eh, it's all right. It's fine. You know, it didn't really catch Was fire. it a summer replacement show? Galactica 80? Yeah. I do not know. Okay. I seem to remember watching it in the summer. I remember it being hot out. So, mm. uh, possibly. Yeah. Because I don't remember that. But I, don't, I didn't watch a lot of TV in the summer as a kid, because it was, I was outdoors a lot. Well, you had a pool. I had a pool. Even when I didn't have a pool, I was outdoors a lot. Mm. But then you had a pool. I did have a pool. And then that's the end of that. But mostly in the summertime, we would go play House Tag, which is the famous game we've talked about many times on. Well, then, uh, okay, so you don't want to say what it is? If people want to know, House Tag was a game that we would play in houses that were being built. I was in a neighborhood that was was a new subdivision. And okay. so when we moved in, it was mostly dirt roads around us and and scrubland, sort of, you know, kind of scrubby bush area. And so you didn't want no scrubs. We didn't want no scrubs. And so, yeah, over time, as we grew up, they would, they built behind us. They just built by sections. And so, well, as it was being built, and this is before the days of like nowadays, you couldn't do it because they have security guards everywhere. But in those days, they just piled wood in front of the place and then they went home, <laughs> had their dinner. So we would just go over after dinner and we would play in the house until the roof went on and the windows went in. Once that happened, it was no fun anymore because the, uh, well, I lived in a neighborhood where all the roofs all, were all shingled with cedar shingles. So all the nails poked down through, uh, the, okay. through the wood. Through the, They had like some kind of like, uh, you know, lath basically. And they nailed through that. And then you would scrape your back when you're running along the, the trusses. And then, uh, and then the windows went in. You couldn't jump out the windows and run around the house anymore. So, so we'd when move we'd move on. We didn't well, want to break things either. When in your neighborhood, they, because uh, Bates Motel shot in your neighborhood. So they built the Bates Motel. Yeah. And then they built the Psycho House, but they didn't put the roof on the Psycho House for, for a while. Yeah. 
Uh, so when the, that happened, do you think of calling your old friends and just playing house tag like in the Psycho House? That would have been Because that sounds really fun. And the roof isn't on. And I'm assuming... Well, they had, it, they had assuming, it covered, though. They had it covered. Oh, because I was, I was assuming no yeah. windows, probably, because... No, there's windows. Was there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's too bad. It was then. built just like the Psycho House, m- minus the roof. But it looked exactly like it. I wonder if they built it... I wonder how they built it inside. Like, if they shot I don't think. I think it was just an empty... Just exteriors? Yeah. That's too bad. Because uh, I think I think they did a lot of their filming for exteriors and stuff in, in Deep Cove. Okay. And then they just filmed the exteriors oops, for the for the motel and stuff uh, here or there in Alder Grove, where I live. Yeah. Once again, I, I always think it'd be uh, it'd be great for people driving through Alder Grove not expecting it. Oh, that happened to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, running to the base. I didn't know, did not know about it till I was. I don't know if I was going to the dump or the waste transfer station or if I was just driving down that way, dr- going somewhere. I think I say drunk. Driving drunk, uh, and then uh, yeah, I just drove by it, and of course, you know, it's very, it's obviously really striking looking. Like you recognize it right away. I've seen the original one in, at Universal Studios. They mm-hmm. have the original Psycho House there, still standing. And I think I mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. Yeah. Even though Nina told us not to repeat things over and over, and she, she did not say, tell she us not that, say at that at all. At all. She just let us know when we would be doing it. She would she, let she us said, know. She said, "She said, don't, don't." Um, she said, if we start to um, add details, she'll know. So we've said them so often, she's <laughs> memorized all these stories. But no, I was watching Emergency one time, and there was an episode where there was a, a California bushfire. Mm-hmm. And one of the houses where they were getting people out of was the Psycho House. Mm. Just because, you know, it was in the back lot of Universal, so they could just use it. And uh, yeah, it was kind of funny, because I don't know. I, only, I can only imagine that even at that time, people were like, oh, that's a Psycho House. <laughs> like, how would you not recognize the Psycho House? Although, okay, I guess I guess it was on TV. I was just going to say, although I wonder how often people watched a movie like that. Then you just have to wait for it to be on TV, but it wouldn't always be on television. But they showed clips of it and lots of stuff. Whenever you see a best of anything, they'd have like you know, yeah. But when did that start? Well, I knew I knew most of the uh, scenes from Psycho before I saw Psycho. Me too. And this is before it was unfortunate. VHS. Yeah, I wish I didn't because uh, I read it in a, one of those Richard J. Anobile books. You know, the guy who did like the Marx Brothers scrapbook and stuff like that, right. where he'd like do. He takes stills of the movie and then put the dialogue beside it. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, yeah, he did like a like a frame by frame, not frame by frame, but frame, you know, put pull stills out of Psycho to do a retelling of the story of Psycho. But it's a really disappointing way to watch Psycho, by the way, which, you know, relies much more on the music and the acting and the mise-en-scene and stuff like that. You know, this this looking at stills in a book, like, <laughs> what do you do? I was just looking up uh, about the, the original Bates uh, psycho Psycho House. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's been expanded, relocated, renovated, completely rebuilt. Okay. Oh. And there's a petition apparently now to uh, help give it a, a facelift because it's kind of rotting. The lumber's uh, warped and rotting, so people want to. This fix is the original it up. one at Universal. This is the original one, not okay. uh, not the one that uh, you had by your, which was yeah. yours was torn down. That's right. It was it was knocked knocked down. Yeah, because it was just a shell. So. No, I understand. Well, the other one's just a shell as well. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's always just been a facade, man. It's just <laughs> been a facade. I wonder if you could, like, uh, you know, auction off bits of the house to fans of uh, Bates Motel because, you know, they're, they're people who like that kind of thing. The first time I went to Universal Studios, Alfred Hitchcock was still alive. Oh. And he had just finished. Did he cameo? <laughs> he had just finished Family Plot. Oh, okay. And so they were kind of advertising it at the studio. It was like a lot of. St- a lot of signage around advertising Family Plot as final film, and, which is a film I like a lot. Have you seen Family Plot? No, I haven't. It's more of a, it's more of a com- comedy, I guess. All right, a dramedy with a dramedy. A dramedy has Bruce Dern. Okay, I can't remember the name of the actress who's in it. 
Karen Black is in it, but there's another actress as well, Shirley Something. Okay. And Shirley Something plays a fake psychic, and Bruce Stern is her chauffeur boyfriend. And then um, Karen Black and William William Defoe is that his name? He was in Rolling Thunder. Anyway, uh, like, William Devane. Devane, yes, they're in a uh, and Barbara Harris. Barbara Harris. That, oh, I said Shirley. I was totally wrong. Barbara Harris. Yeah, she's really good in it. And so, and he is a, a jewel thief. Oh, okay. But he's he doesn't want people to know who he is. So his he, his background is like hidden, and so they start trying to investigate who he is and. Hijinks ensue. It's quite a good film. Oh, good. All it's right. It's very lighthearted, though. Was it's, it the last film? It's that, the uh, last film that he did, yeah. All right. And it's more of a lighthearted romp, kind of like a, you know, it's sort of a minor To Catch a Thief or whatever. It's better than The Trouble with Harry, but it's not as good as To Catch a Thief. All right. Let's put it that way. So we have now ranked them. Just saying. Like yes, if you, you are. If you, if you saw it, I don't want you to get your hopes up. Okay. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not the best, but it's really good. I think, you know, like the movie did before that, Frenzy. Is very much. It almost feels like a movie where Hitchcock was like, "Well, you guys like dark movies that are kind of sour and bitter and have like really negative stuff in them, so I'm going to give it to you. Here's Frenzy. I hope you like it." And everyone's like, "Whoa!" So then he did Family Plot. It's kind of a little bit of a palate cleanser. And who knows if who knows if he had other movies planned or not? It's a very seldom a good idea for a filmmaker to go. Well, you guys like this kind of thing. <laughs> well, that's what it feels. That's what Frenzy feels yeah. like. I don't know if you've ever it's seen like it, uh, it's like parents going, "Hey, well, you guys like Big Macs, so yeah. I made you some." Oh no, that's not what we want. We like the actual thing. All right, you guys like Chef Boyardee ravioli, <laughs> so I made some homemade. Hmm, that's not what we want. We want the actual thing. Okay. And I think I'd prefer homemade. You guys like your mother, so here's my girlfriend. <laughs> no, that's not going to do it, Dad. It's not. It's not yeah. the same thing, really, Dad. That's but thanks. Terrible. Yeah, uh, Dad tries. He just tried, but not yeah. very well. Now I can't eat homemade Big Macs because I think I miss my mom. Oh, really? See his girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, she made a good ravioli, though. <laughs> just give her that. Yeah, uh, Frenzy is full of um, murder. Okay, but like it's like a serial killer. Who strangles women, I think, with their underwear. Yeah. So it has, like, nudity. Mm. It has um, that kind of... seven. It takes place in London as well. So it has that kind of, like, 70s dirtiness to it. You know, that kind of quality of kind of grimy... 1972. I mean, I do like it, but I, I just think it's sort of a film where... Um, it just kind of feels like he's rubbing our noses in it. So it's sort of fun that Family Plot is like a like a volt face, and he's just like doing something totally different. Oh, nice! Okay, like I'll check a, that out. A, then. A fun, yeah, it's really good. Bruce Dern's great in it. He's such a good actor, anyway. And it just yeah, he's obviously having fun. And it's kind of it was sort of an honor, especially still at that point, it was you know an honor to be in an Alfred Hitchcock film. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I'm in an Alfred Hitchcock film. Yeah, throw a bird at my face, I'll take it. <laughs> That's right. I won't complain. Who am I, who am I to judge? <laughs> that sounds that sounds all yeah. fine. Yeah, Bruce Dern still working. Bruce Dern. Hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, he's very good. Yeah, I just saw him last in uh, the Mustang. That's right. No, he's good in that. That's probably not the last time I saw him, but that's the last thing I remember him in. Uh, I was just going to say, there's a scene in the movie where Karen Black uh, has searches through a kitchen. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you saw him in as well. That's right. Yeah, he's good in that as well. Um, Karen Black. Karen Black. Yeah, there's a scene where she had to like search through a kitchen through the kitchen cupboards, and so she did it. And then she's like, tell Hitchcock, she's, he's like, okay, cut, that's good, break, you know, that, fine, let's just move on. And she's like, you know what, I just wasn't feeling it. Do you mind if I, like, do another take? And he's like, oh, okay. So she does another take. And then uh, she's like, okay, I need to do one more. And then I was like, fine, that's sure, whatever. You know, action. She does another one. Okay. 
And then she does a few more, and then he's like, well, that's good, that's good, let's do it. But he didn't film any of them. Because he wouldn't, <laughs> he would not film extra material because he didn't want it to be available for the studios to, to change the edits and stuff. Because he just edited in camera in most cases. Because wow. he planned all his films. Like, to him, like, ma- actually making the movie was really boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like work a day, let's get it done. Because he, he had arranged, he'd done all the storyboards and arranged everything beforehand. And so for him, that was just actually filming it was just kind of boring because it was just, you know, very I was, mechanical. I always wonder when I see like a filmmaker like Edgar Wright, that's the stuff is so like something like a Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. That's so tight and, and every scene sets up another scene mm-hmm. or pays off something mm-hmm. and just go, would he ever shoot coverage? Would that ever be, would that ever be a thing or would that make any sense to do? get this scene from another angle or does everything, everything have to be just tightly set up and it goes from here to here to here to here to here. Cause it, it doesn't feel like a traditional movie. There is very little breathing room in yeah. his films. It, yeah. I, it's, you kind of suspect with him that there's not a lot of improv on set. No, I would say like, no improv. Like on he would set. be like, okay guys, very accidentally, let's just do a scene and see what happens. Whereas a, an actor who does that, that's, or a director who does that, that surprises me is Clint Eastwood where he'll film mm-hmm. and then, and same with Martin Scorsese. They'll film and then they'll also just go, okay, let's just do a couple of scenes where you guys just do what you want. They just go whichever direction you want and, and, and let's get, let's see what you, you know, let's have some ideas. And often he'll just use the imp- improvised scenes rather than the scripted scenes. Hmm. So it's, in, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, like a director like that, like them, you think, oh, control. Like they want to have it really controlled and, you know, their vision, blah, blah, blah. But then instead they're, eh, let's, let's have some fun with this. Let's see what, what you can come up with. And, so Clint Eastwood, better as an actor or a director? Bigger contribution to film? What, what do you say? Oh, well, undoubtedly that is as an actor, but I didn't think he's made that much of a contribution to film. I mean, I do. I like him a lot, obviously. Okay. I mean, I like, uh, I like some of his home films a lot, but films that I like a lot by him aren't really ones that he's done. They're more like the spaghetti westerns, I think, are very good. I'm just amazed at the amount of films he's directed. It is amazing. Like, it is, and you don't really think of him like, of course, he's a director, but you think of him, oh, Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. you know, the actor, Clint Eastwood. Well, I can't even think of the first. I, Play Misty for me was, was one the first one. Yeah, it's the first one. But then he did like a kind of a strange one after that with um, Walter Matthau, I think. Well, he did High Plains Drifter next. Oh, okay. And I say this as a guy looking at the internet right now. Oh, okay. Then Breezy. Yeah, Breezy. That's what. That's a strange one. Then Iger Sanction. Then the Outlaw Iger Josie Sanction's Wales. Iger very good. Yeah. Iger Sanction has some of the best mountain climbing sequences I've ever seen filmed. Like in a film, they're just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're just fantastic. Yeah, they're yeah. they're jaw dropping to this day. They're yeah. jaw dropping. Well, they're yeah. unrepeatable. Like like a, I guess in terms of like insurance, you could never repeat it. But it's interesting. The movie kind of suffers from the same thing the book does. I was thinking about this the other day, which is the book is a parody of James Bond. Yep. But it's not an obvious parody of James Bond. Like, there's no clue that it's a parody. So you're just reading this book about this, you know, incredibly like impossibly <laughs> talented genius sexy spy who's a sociopath right who admits he's a sociopath Mm -hmm. and you know it's perfect in every way but also incredibly cruel and you know everyone's kind of cruel and it's sort of a mean book and you're like oh this is really kind of unpleasant to read but then you get and you're like and then then you find out oh it's a parody and you're like it is like well what's the i can see that it's a parody thing that if you were a james bond it's not a satire because no. it doesn't really say anything. It just is the yeah. thing. And I guess it's just parroting the idea that if there was really a James Bond, he wouldn't be like a pleasant person. He would be no. He would be like a, a raving sociopath, psychopath murderer, you know, like this ice cold 
brutal killer. That's who he'd be. Though they, I mean, you look at Daniel Craig's portrayal in the last couple of movies. Mm-hmm. He's not a pleasant guy. You wouldn't want to hang around with no, Daniel, Daniel Craig no. as James Bond. By he's any no means. Benoit Blanc. Let's put it that uh, way. What a charming. <laughs> uh, I, charming want, I, want, I want some more Benoit Blanc, please. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the the book does the same thing the movie does, which is it's like this incredibly like really surgical kind of very cold book and movie. And then you hit the mountain climbing sequences, <laughs> and this is like all love. This is like the most gripping sequences, the history of the the the, this, the, the Alps that are written in the in the Iger section book, which goes into it, of course, more than because it's a book. It goes into the history of these of the mountains and the the various expeditions that have attempted to climb them and that have failed, and and it's just really fascinating. And then you know it sets you up for these guys climbing this 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 Iger the Iger uh, face or the Iger Mountain in the Alps. And it's just fantastic, and the movie's the same. Like, the movie is just faintly unpleasant. And then you get to the climbing sequences, and you're like, this is magnificent. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's weird. It's available at Amazon Prime, if anyone's interested yeah, it's in watching Yeah, it. it's worth checking out. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, the, the mountain climbing, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're just so beautifully shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the one in wherever it is, Arizona or whatever, that, the needle. Yeah. Which is a real place. Uh, very Who's popular. the other guy? The fairly, uh, the chubby guy. George, kind of, George Kennedy. George Kennedy. Yeah. When he's up there with him, you're just like, how yeah. George Kennedy get up there? <laughs> Helicopter. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm not shaming anyone for anyone's bodies, but just like George <laughs> Kennedy did not make it up there by any no, means. You no. see them both sitting on the edge and just like, jeez. Yeah, yeah. If you got any problems with heights, yikes. No, it's... Uh, it's quite a it's quite a good film for its climate. In fact, that Alex Honnold who did the um, Free Solo, which I watched a little while, a while ago actually, he um, there's a one of those sort of Vanity Fair or whoever things where they have like experts watch movies and then right. talk about how accurate or inaccurate they are. And so he goes through all these different films, you know, uh, Vertical Limit or whatever it's called, and and uh, Cliffhanger, probably. Cliffhanger, I think is one. Yeah, the ice climbing section where he's just like. It's not real, but anyway, um, yeah, just a few different ones, but not the Iger Sanction. But when it's over, he says, he goes, oh, I love talking about movies. But then he goes, we didn't talk about the Iger Sanction. That is the best, like, climbing footage ever filmed. And I was like, you are so right. Glad to hear someone, glad to hear someone who knows something about it confirm it for me. Because I, yeah, I just thought it's brilliantly done. I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He, I think he's, I think he is, I kind of, I kind of like him as a director, I think he's actually kind of kind of bold mm-hmm. in many ways. Like a movie like uh, is it called Million Billion Dollar Baby? Is that what it's Million called? Dollar Baby? Million yeah. Dollar Baby. Like that movie goes in like at a weird place, yeah. a weird weird place. And I think that a lot of directors would be kind of like, you know what? It'd be a lot better if she won. <laughs> she beat Apollo at the end of the movie. That would be a lot better. We make more money. But no, he just goes along with the story of the film and just you know like that's what he's that's what he's he's agreed to do and that's what he's going to film you know and i think you know he's just kind of like true blue in that way like even movies that even a movie like that's sort of pedestrian like sully is still like well made and interesting you know like it's not like the most gripping story in the world but it's an interesting story and it's well told and well acted and apparently he's clint eastwood isn't like super like communicative as a director you know like he gives you space but he doesn't he doesn't hang around for long. Like once you, once he gets what he wants, it's time to move on. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like spend a lot of time shooting the movies. He's not so not what he's interested in really. I'm just curious. I guess I guess he knows he has a time limit as well. So no point 
hanging around. But yeah, like even yeah, film. and again, he's done so many of them. He knows how this goes, and he's yeah. probably prepping the next one. Like I think the outlaw, uh, High Plains Drifter is pretty good in terms of like trying to match what the spaghetti westerns were. Outlaw Josie Wales is a little too long. It's like t- it's over two hours, and it really shouldn't. It really shouldn't be that long. It's like he has pretty much done a movie a year, with some exceptions. There's a couple of skip years. But, like, you know, since the 80s. Like, Tightrope is an interesting film with uh, Genevieve, Genevieve Bougeot that takes place in New Orleans. Okay. It's pretty interesting. Um, and then there's the Any Which Way, but loose films, which I've never seen, but I, you know, they did well They enough. were what they were. They, they were, were what they were. But Honky Tonk uh, Man. I'm a big fan of Unforgiven. Unforgiven's very good. Yeah. Unforgiven's very good. Mystic River's pretty good. Um, just trying to think of uh, that one. Uh, I was going to call it El Ranchero, but it's not. Gran Torino. Gran Torino, That's yeah. good. That's a good film. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It feels like um, it feels like his films, or even his early films, like Play Mystery for Me. Misty's for Me is quite good. And uh, I've never seen Breezy. I've, I'm kind of curious to see it. It's one of those hippie, guy meets hippie. Yeah. It's sort of a little bit different. Like, it's this idea that he meets meet this Maltermatho, meets this hippie girl. And at first, he's, like, smitten with her in her freestyle and ways. And then... Then he starts getting really irked by her because it's just like, oh, that's a little too free and easy. Like, that's a little, I need that's a little a, more structure in my life. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, for a Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be this guy, but it's someone who wants to do a Clint Eastwood podcast. You got a lot of material here. You got to. What is the Dirty Harry podcast? They can, they can stretch it. Oh, there you go. Well, don't they just do a minute, a, a yeah. minute at a time? That's yeah. going to take them a while. That's true. They got five more, they got four more films to do. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that makes my that makes me me, my, me and, hurt. And Magnum Force is, is a long one too. It's like it's over two hours as well. Yeah, with David Soul in it. Yeah, and then uh, Jim Carrey and uh, the Deadpool. That's right. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh well. Good. <laughs> God bless them all, and uh, good luck. <laughs> good luck, good luck to, to them. It's a definite dip down as you as you go through that. Uh, Mag- I would put Magnum Force and Dirty Harry as like on a level like a plateau mm-hmm. and then it starts to go it goes starts to go downhill after that we um we spent new year's together and watched uh watched uh, uh, uh the british um uh new year's celebration mm-hmm. a little bit on tv we did and it was fun we watched it at our friends uh david and allison's place uh, yeah. they were guests on our 400th episode and then we decided to watch it uh, again because we didn't really like the picture that we saw and uh, went, oh, this is much better. It was like uh, such a much better sh- uh, shot and angle. And yeah. uh, it was it was great. And then we were like, yeah, it's just a, the only problem with this is you watch a bunch of these and they just really start to repeat themselves. <laughs> and we did watch and we were really enjoying it. And it was like waiting for this thing at the end where uh, that we remembered from the from the one we just watched seconds before. Yeah. And then uh, I went, oh, that's weird. That's from weird, that angle, yeah. you can't see it. They cut and the weather seems thousand. different. It's and thin. it's, uh, ah, it's the wrong year. <laughs> we watched the wrong year. Like fools, fools we were. You know what? I was thinking about it after I was going, I guess that's why it looks so good. It was professionally shot and edited mm. and then put on. Like it wasn't like the one we watched was like a basically like simulcast practically. Like you're seeing what's on TV is just put onto YouTube and blop, there you go. Whereas the, when we watched from the year before was beautifully shot, you know, and it was all choreographed the way the shots yeah. followed the, you know, it, you know, thinking about it, they obviously like had access to several different cameras and were able to put together their own cut of the, you know, so I'm sure it'll show up in a few, in a week or so, or even it's out, out now. It just wasn't out that night of the 2020 London. I look at, I look at fireworks. something. We also watched a bit of the New the, York. The one. other thing I liked oh, about it, sorry, I just want to say one, oh, go one ahead. more thing about it, because um, the thing I like about it was we were watching ITV, Mm-hmm. And I just like how ancient the newsreader was. Yes. I feel like that's not something you see very much anymore. It's the kind of 
you know, like people t- tend to, you know, you tend to age out of these sort of jobs nowadays. Whereas this guy, you know, is just hanging on by his by his fingers. Yeah, they so. they keep him. Yeah, they keep him there. Yeah. He seemed to be enjoying himself because it wasn't bad news or anything. Just yeah. like, and now let's just get to it. Oh, That's this right. is oh, it's relaxing. Oh boy, like imagine being a British newscaster and actually giving a damn and like about what you, you'd have to know so much. You'd have to be knowledgeable about so much. You can't coast through it like an American newscaster. Wait, how, why, why can an American newscaster coast through it? Oh, you just have to learn a bunch of little bits and bops and then just let people yell at each other. Where it feels like <laughs> British people, you got to have a sense of history. you got to know every country in know. Europe. you got to know every country in I'm, Europe's general I'm sure name. they have people yelling at each other as well. No, they have people yelling at each other. But, you know, clearly... You know, news on BBC or ITV is like uh, sharper than CNN or, uh, you know, MSNBC. Like it just, it just is. Like, don't let those accents fool you, sir. I'm not letting the accents fool me. I'm letting the content fool me. They just need to <laughs> have an awareness of something that's beyond their own mm. country. They don't just talk about England. Yeah. They talk about, you know, Europe and places mm-hmm. that are touching Europe and the world. <laughs> and so you've got to have a little bit more perspective. And sure. they just seem, they just seem sharper. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's true. I think the hosts of the British Bake Off are like sharper than most uh, news news hosts in the states. They could just like just grab those guys <laughs> okay. and just go. What do you think about like the global situation? You know, and whatever Mary, like whatever her name is, the older yeah. woman. Yeah. I mean, she'd say a racist thing, of course, but then she'd know what's what. She would say racist. Oh, thing? why not? She's she's. Does uh, she say it on the British Bake Off? No, but she's elderly and British. How can she not? There's no way around it. <laughs> We're going to do make think- some gollywogs. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. you go. You know, we don't even know why that's wrong. <laughs> but she would, and she, she does, and she knows, and she, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Find find me the uh, the British person who's an elderly person in England who hasn't uh, who isn't a little bit like that. That suddenly popped into my head a restaurant chain chain that I think is gone now. Was that what it was called? No, Sambo's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The very confusing one where it's just like, well, that's even ethically wrong. The drawing is wrong. <laughs> That's not right at all. None of this is right. I don't remember the drawing. Well, the drawing is what you expect. Okay. Uh, well, actually, no. The drawing isn't what you expect. Oh. If you if you know that it's like a story now. that's clearly taking place in India, yeah. Then this is the wrong racial. Is it taking place in India? It's a tiger. So yes, a tiger in Africa. Yeah, it's the thing. There's no tigers in Africa. Mm. So if so if he's being chased around a tree by a tiger, it's taking place in India. But he's drawn as a little black boy. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem in, in the, the restaurant thing it's just like well where is he is he visiting yeah, like is he visiting from racist land is the tiger escaped from a circus like that's not what the story is he's a tourist like there's 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 problems from the get-go on this but yeah no i remember as a kid that restaurant for yeah, sure yeah. yeah it was like we were gonna go to this or ponderosa and it was like well eh, we <laughs> whatever whatever you know i liked ponderosa later on because i uh, i liked eight i liked uh, a1 sauce and they had a1 sauce oh there. wow you like your brown sauce yeah we did uh we did not have a1 sauce i think available to us like mm. that was we had hp oh we yeah. did not have a1 okay okay no. we had houses of parliament sauce <laughs> yes approved by the queen yeah it doesn't say that on it anymore she tastes every bottle sticks her finger in every one of them <laughs> and just goes hmm mm. <laughs> That's a good HP. <laughs> like, are you the Queen of England? That's a me, Queen <laughs> of England. Now I'm going to draw the racial stereotype of the boy from India. I don't think you've ever been there. That's today, all the tigers. <laughs> That'd be interesting if, like, uh, people changed their accents as they got older. <laughs> 
<laughs> just randomly. Yeah, like I'd like it I mean, as I got as like an older, I got like a nice deep southern accent. Nice. Well, oh, nice, that's nice though. Just around my oh well, and I'll see y'all here. Well, how would you feel if you developed like a a deep Chinese accent? Uh, I just hang around my Chinese relatives and, mm. and ask them, "Is this right?" <laughs> they go, "No." Tell me, "No, it's not." All right, how do I fix it? And then, they, <laughs> what? Yeah, what? You know was... what I would say? I would say, "Please teach me some Cantonese so that this is not wrong." Uh, they, uh, yeah, well, you have it in there. What if you develop like a, a racist caricature accent? Oh, like what type? When you're doing, like the Italian one you're doing. Oh, you thought that was a racist? I was not racist, but it's a stereotype. Okay, because Italy is a race. I know, I know, but you know what I mean. Okay. It's a stere- stereotype. How, what if you... Oh, a stereotype is... Okay, yeah. a stereotype is a different situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what if I developed an Italian stereotype? Uh, like a stereotype, stereotype? yeah. Any, I any think accent. I just said that I want an accent, so yes, okay. I would be you're on board with it. I have to be. How do you, how would I be able to uh, develop an accent and not be a broad stereotype? I can't see how that could be. <laughs> okay. Actors do it. If you had to swap out your accent for another accent some, from somewhere in the world, where would you where would you want yours? I'm probably Britain. You know what? I'm going to slip in. I'm going to go Whoop. possible Australian. There's something real relaxed about it that uh, it's very mm. charming, and I think okay. it would make people like you more. Yeah. Huh. But you like British? Yeah. Authority? Intelligence? Yeah, I would, li- I would like a, a uh, RP accent as well. Okay, what's RP? Received pronunciation. So that's, okay. that'd be like the queen. I just thought you were going like, arp, arp, arp. Nope. <laughs> okay. That is uh, res- people who like go to public school in places in England whose accents are changed. Like you learn to speak that. It's not like a natural. It's not a naturally occurring ac- accent in any part of England. It's just merely like a particular social class who speak it. Mentioning British. That's what I want, though. British, I want to be part of that social class is what I'm saying. Sure. I was watching um, the final uh, Harry Potter today. And I was thinking like, It'd oh, be, my it, condolences. It would be interesting if you were uh, someone who's never seen the films and you watch the very first one mm-hmm. and then you watch the very last one <laughs> and then just go, what do you think happened in between these? Yeah. Like, it would just be so jarring to just go, what a happy school. Everyone's having a great time. Oh, there's that Voldemort guy. Well, thank <laughs> goodness you got rid of him. Oh, well, it was just the thing on the back of someone's head. All right. Let's see what... The- oh, my God! What's happening? What's, go- what's going on? <laughs> Yikes! It would just be so... Had you, so had you worked up to this final movie of Harry Potter? Had I you... watched every Harry Potter by the time I'd seen? I'd no, read every book and like, I'd... Uh... Like you just sort of dived in at the very last film just to kind of watch it out of nowhere. What, today? Yeah. Yeah, I just okay. watched it, uh, the last one today. Okay. Why did you choose to watch that one? Because it was on TV. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, without spoiling it, there's a character that's a cute character that gets killed like right off the get-go pretty much. They, it's okay. You can't spoil that film. It's okay. It's I can't. And I, I won't. Uh, that's why we got another podcast. And I, I saw it and I was just like, oh, yikes. That's so dark. Why? Why are we doing this? What's happening? Mm. Oh, this is a bummer. Everyone's upset. Everything's gray. Everyone's mad. Everything's awful. Oh, it's, you know, Dumbledore's an asshole. Everyone's terrible. Oh, oh, Harry Potter's dad is a jerk. Dumbledore is uh... a monster, pretty much. But he's not in it, though, isn't he? Isn't yeah, he, he is. He's dead? Well, they flashback a lot. Oh, okay. You have a lot of uh, him talking to uh, other characters and setting mm. up what the whole movie was about. Mm. Whereas, again, it's like one of those where the first movie is full of wonder and like, oh, what an amazing world you're into. No, obligation. Nothing but obligation. And you've got a destiny. And you shut up, shut up, shut up and take your destiny. Shut up. Maybe subtly change it at the end. Maybe a little free will. Maybe a little bit, but not much. Everything's horrible. Yeah. Now you get old. You grow almost a beard. The end, jerk. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I like the first film. Of, I didn't like the second film of the final story. I thought the first film is that the one they go well. camping for a long time. Yeah, but I thought I thought like the the death in that film was very affecting. Yeah, and and there's some elements of it that I don't like. The books are so much better than the films. Yep. It's just so so silly to even like you can't can't compare them at all. It just made me think of like. Uh, you know, if you watched, uh, you know, I like to see what the Marvel movies are about. Sounds great. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to watch uh, Iron Man. Love it. And then and then what? Then you're going to watch uh, Avengers Infinity War. Like, go right after Iron Man. I am Iron Man, he says. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good stuff. Now the world knows he's Iron Man. Right into that. And, uh, and just go, what the hell is happening? What's going? <laughs> Who are these? Why are we in space? Oh, there's Tony. There's Tony. I got... Oh, they're getting married now. That's not. Oh, that's nice. That's the. What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, it would just be so so incredibly jarring. I just wonder I, if there's any I other. Guess. I wonder if there's any other film. Oh, I think so. If it's like the first one's, you know, just got a couple of gimmies yeah. to it. Like you know, the suit can fly. What's well, like this? Okay, that's right. Okay, here's the thing. There's gods. There's wizards. There's everything. Everything exists in the world. It just all exists. The world's being attacked. Not for the first time. This is like time number three. Uh, okay, deal with all this stuff. Spider-Man's real. But He's you, over there. But you don't know that. You're just watching it. So you're not, you don't know about this is the third attack on the... Well, yeah. they do mention, like, you know, Thanos is coming. He was behind the last attack. I mean, if you didn't universe. know anything about superhero comics, yeah. it would yeah, it would just be like a mess. You could still watch Iron Man. It would make sense. No, Iron Man's fine. No, but the Infinity War would just be like a mess. Did you say Infinity War or did you say Endgame? I said Infinity War. If you went into Endgame, it would make no sense yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. It would start mm. off with like a nice archer and his and his and his who just loses his family somehow and you don't know how and they never explain. Yeah, I think I think Infinity War would be I don't know. I don't know. It'd be a heck of a thing. It would be. I think I think it would be fairly understandable. Like it'd be somewhat comprehensible, but okay. I'm not. How about this? Certain. Uh, without without spoiling what happens in it, because that's not what we do. You watch Star Wars. Yeah. You watch Star Wars. Yeah. And then you watch immediately afterwards Rise of Skywalker. Immediately afterwards, without yeah. spoiling anything. Yeah. It would be. I was trying to think what else could be that jarring, and I mm. think that might be that jarring. I guess it would be, but you would have a sense of passage of time because the characters are the characters, and they're older. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're that would that's explicable. So you can understand why there's a lot of different things are happening. And it's, let's be honest, those, you know, the things that they're fighting are the same in both, both movies. Okay. You know, there's not, not that much different. Yep. You know, so different bad guy, but yep. Different bad guy, but similar, similar, you know, looked at, like the, the uniforms of the bad guys are look the same. Like all the, all the people, like all the, the first order, whatever they're called, are on, on the, in their spaceships, they look the same as the guys in their spaceships in the first movie. And their uniforms are very similar; like the, their style is very similar. So that's not jarring. The st- stormtroopers are the same; they look all the same. Uh, so there'd be there's lots of overlap there. That's explicable, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other movie series where you you go with the first one, and then it could be a reboot. But as long as it like is yeah. all follows yeah. like the same, you know. Uh, so if we went from Doctor No. Yeah, I was trying to, to think that if that would if that would work. If you go from if you How go from Doctor No to what was the last one? It wasn't Skyfall, was it? What was the last one? The last one was Spectre. Spectre. You'd be like, yeah, why is this movie so terrible? What's going on? Why is this movie incoherent? What are they doing? What they're doing? I don't understand. It'd be interesting if you went from Doctor No uh, to Casino Royale. That'd be that'd be interesting. 
so so different, yeah, so different in, uh, in 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 style for for the same character. Okay, here's what you go from. If you go from Goldeneye to Casino Royale. You go from Casino Royale to Casino Royale. Oh, that would be really, <laughs> really. And you start with the Daniel Craig version, oh. and then go like, "Look, do you know this? This is a remake. Oh, it's a remake, is it? Yeah, they made this movie before, no, no, based on the same book. Yes, yes, based on the same book. Yeah. Oh, who's uh, the villain in it? Woody Allen. <laughs> Sorry, what? You know, Woody Allen. Yeah. What? As as who? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> hey, do you like David Niven? Oh, I guess what? I don't. David. Niven and who? Who's James Bond? Who isn't James Bond? <laughs> I think at one point a seal is James Bond. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a while for me. I think a horse might be James Bond. That's a painful movie to watch. Oh, it's a rough, it's a rough, that, rough ride. That movie's exhibit A in my the '60s lost its sense of humor uh, case that I've been making. For yeah, here's years. what you do with that movie: you play the title sequence, mm-hmm. go, oh, that was a nice song. Yeah, done. You're done. Just turn it off. Walk away. Done. Walk away, everyone. Yeah, there's no point in watching it. You don't want to see Peter Toole and Richard Burton show up for no reason and make some obscure jokes and then leave again and say, I guess they had a lot of fun on the deck the set that day. Look, I'm you, certainly not having fun. You let a movie it. go long enough back in the day, Peter O'Toole would show up. Hmm. Like he would just wander onto sure. the set. Like that's just your own damn fault you know, it's for, for making a movie in England. There's, there's the movies that, that was, that's the way they were in those days. And it's awful that, that show, but that movie, <laughs> it's just awful. There's no, there's no two ways about it. No one can. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to compile a list of terrible comedies from the 60s. All right. And then I'm going to be like, I defy anyone to tell me these films are good. To watch them and laugh? Yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> yeah, you watch. I watch, know some people that were... Watch uh, and tell me how great it is. We're scared of uh, Casino Royale because there's a scene where someone's like lying on a bed and some uh, automatic arms come out and grab them and they found it terrifying. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm now looking <laughs> up worst comedies of the 60s. Now, they... Uh, you can just type comedies of the 60s. Oh, wow. You're just saying the 60s had no mm-hmm. sense of humor. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Hard Day's Night? That's a funny movie, and that's yeah, from that's the good. 60s. That's good. There you are. So yeah. uh, you're wrong. No, that's I'm not wrong. That. I'm not wrong, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's such an exceptional film that it falls outside, it falls outside of the... Because really, it's a, it's, a, it's a musical more than it's a comedy. The comedy is incidental to the point of the movie. I think... But yeah, there's a lot of films from that time period, and they just... They just I think they thought that Bigger was better... I don't think bigger yeah, is that, better. Yeah, that works. was the thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it works for comedy really. Well, I understand the the impetus behind it, which was you know the the threat of television. Sure. You know they wanted to have like you know huge big things that TV couldn't reproduce the way that you could on a on a screen. So you know it's it's not enough to have like two people doing something. You need to have thirteen people doing the same thing. Uh, it kind of starts with it's a mad, 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 mad world. That that movie is is terrible. It's not funny at all. I do like when he kicks the bucket. I like that. Okay. Just actually dies. Jimmy Dracky dies. Yeah. Giant, he dies and kicks the bucket. Mm. And from that point on, yeah, it's, it's you know, a, a lot of stuff happens. It's a slog. Happens. It's just a hard It's It's a lot it's of hard th- work. A lot of things occur. It's hard work. Yeah. I yeah. think when you're pitching a movie, uh, comedy is probably one of the hardest things to pitch because at any stage of the game, who someone who has to approve the money can go, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Doesn't yeah. work for me because it's yeah. so subjective. But if it's something like spectacle, yeah. you can go, it's a chase, yeah. a wild chase. <laughs> and like, all right, a yeah. chase sounds good. 
sure, a chase. Yes, okay. And there's funny things happen. Yes, but yeah. through the chase. Like, all right, all right, we can we can do you like Jonathan Winters? I do. Well, he's gonna do some Jonathan Winters stuff. All right. You like Milton Berle? A little bit. He's gonna do some Milton Berle things. Mm, you know, you're just giving me all these comedians. Someone's yeah. gotta have to strike gold. No. Sid Caesar? No. How about uh, cameos from like uh, Jack Benny? Phil Silvers. Yeah, no. it's weird, right? Just no one. Like, well, they're all and how about it all ends with them horribly uh like injured like really oh you mean like comedically injured <laughs> no, la- no 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 are they like, laughing at the end really the really hurt really hurt and then yeah they do all have a little bit of laughter but like while they're in the hospital like just they're all probably going to die like no, they're from the not. injuries they're just like in casts and they, stuff like that. how many casts if you have like eight parts of your body in in casts, you're never going to live a good life. <laughs> That's the end of that. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Gloomy Gus. No, it's uh, all. Fine. Yes, there are exceptions. There's the there's the Peter Sellers like the Clouseau films are good from that time from the 60s. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, I thought of some other ones when we were talking. And I forgot it again. <laughs> Shoot. No, there there are funny there are funny things, but it's just I just I'm I just think overall I think that. Um, they just had a hard time with the idea of the comedy. I think the more individual it was, the better it was, you know. And I think it's more the studios that just didn't know what to do to make funny movies, you know. So, and it seems, yeah, unless there was like the individual, like a Blake Edwards or someone else from the sixties. Was Mel Brooks playing? Mel Brooks. That's what I was thinking of. The producers, yeah, and the Twelve Chairs. Those are two mm-hmm. films from the from the sixties. I've never 60s. seen the Twelve Chairs. What's that about? It's about some chairs that have jewels hidden in them, and people are trying to get the chairs. Okay. And it's pretty much a kind of a madcap film, but it's pretty good. It's not as good as the producers, I don't think, or some of his later stuff. It's like a good first film, but it's good. But yeah, it's not 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 the best. And then yeah, so I mean, so there are there are you know exceptions to those things, but even like the Woody Allen film, What's Up, Tiger Lily? It's not great. Is that it's okay? Is that the one that's uh, dubbed over mm-hmm. old movies? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's okay, but it's not great. Like, but I mean, he wrote this. He wrote the screenplay for. Uh, the what's new pussycat and that's just a terrible film this is awful his scenes in it are, pretty, are okay but but the you know the, the the madcap running around stuff is just oh kill me now you know what movie has a good a good chase sequence in it is what's up doc the peter bogdanovich film oh i haven't seen that one. Oh, you haven't seen the movie really no. oh I'm gonna, nope. I'm gonna bring over eve's dvd for you to see all right she loves that film and she got it for christmas one year okay cool i'll bring it over for you to watch because i yes, I'll, please i'll uh, put that in my me- memo thing yeah because it's a really good film and, and it's and i think because you're in, invested in the characters and not just in the main characters but in all the you understand kind of all the characters in it you at least are however you feel about them you at least you you know you have some sort of investment in the chase and it's just it's just lively enough that it works. It's kind of like, I feel the same way about um, W.C. Fields' chases. They're just so crazy that they just kind of work because there's just jokes through them all. And it's and they're not like just so much crashing and banging into stuff. It's more like little gags in the car rather than like big. There do are a few big things. Do you but, feel that the movies were funny back then, but like our perspective is uh, like comedy ages so badly that it was like this just was what was funny then? I, oh, yeah. I have no doubt that it, it answered some some need at that time period. Mm-hmm. That people needed that spectacle, or at least wanted it, you know. Maybe just wanted to go and, but I don't know. Have you ever watched like a Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis movie? Um, no, you know what? I don't think I have. I've seen them as guests on talk shows, okay. but uh, that's that's about it. 
Yeah. What would they do? Would they go on a road trip? No, on, they weren't. Uh, Hope and Crosby. No, they weren't road. What was trip. the What was the gimmick usually? Be they were brothers. Uh, they were. Uh, well, the one I saw it was called Artists and Models. Okay. And I don't think it's like a how much nudity. I don't think it's famous one, but it's it was okay. It's okay. It's more like yeah, one's like the guy who's on the make, and the other one's like the goof the goofball. Right. You know the harmless idiot. But yeah, and then my uncle loved Jerry Lewis movies. My fake uncle loved Jerry Lewis movies. Just okay. thought they were the best. He was your uncle, but you called him your fake uncle. After <laughs> he was, he liked Jer- Jerry Lewis he, movies. He was just a close family friend, but was okay. an uncle to us. And um, yeah, and so I would hear about how great they were from how much he liked them. So I just watched like one of one of the movies, and it wasn't great. Like I don't know, and maybe you know, I was spoiled by that time because I'd seen the Marx Brothers, I'd seen Woody Allen, I'd seen uh, Monty Python, and so to go back, it just felt like ugh. What are you looking at? No, I was uh, I was looking up Dean Martin movies. Oh, okay. Uh, and the first thing that came up with the, was the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> but I guess they put him in it, and so you oh, know, okay. it counts that uh, you, know, mm. you can be in a show long after you're dead. Well, he did some serious films. Yes, he did. Some Some Come Running, which was a Vin- Vincente Minnelli film with Frank Sinatra. But he also did like the Matt Helm films. That's an example of sixties movies that I cannot stand. Or Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo is very good. That's a Howard Hawks movie. That's very good. I think Angie, Angie Dickinson's in that one. Mm-hmm. And as we know from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Wrecking Crew. Is that a that's a Matt Helm? That is yeah. Matt Helm. Yeah. yeah, right. Which I know. Which they kind of like celebrated that movie, but it's it's not a not a great comedy. This is one of those things where it's just like so cheaply made that it's you feel embarrassed while watching it. Like all the day for night stuff in it is just awful. I mean, I know that that was part of the time. Like you just could not shoot in the daytime because or at nighttime because it wasn't. We didn't have like lenses that could do it. It wasn't until Stanley Kubrick filmed uh, Barry Lyndon and convinced NASA to lend him lenses that could film it in candlelight ah. that we started like being able to do like actual night shooting. Before that time, the lenses just weren't good enough and. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I still wonder with like... And they're a parody of a parody, because James Bond movies are kind of like a parody of a spy movie. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of jokey elements to them. And so then when you do a Matt Helm then movie... Then it became the thing. Yeah, yeah you so. just add even more to it, you know. And like, looking at, like, I'm looking here at uh, Martin and Lewis doing a... I think it's Martin and Lewis doing Scared Stiff. Is that uh, Lewis? Is Jerry Lewis in Scared Stiff as well? I don't know. I don't know that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a horror. Uh, it's a haunted comedy. house one, yeah. Haunted yeah, house kind of but which which made me think of all the Abbott Costello ones, where it's like Abbott Costello, you know, meet Frankenstein, meet the Wolfman, mm, meet Dracula, mm, mm. and uh, and again, uh, uh, Nina Matsumoto can tell us if we've talked about this before, and Lord <laughs> knows we probably have. Uh-huh. But I always thought like that'd be interesting to have a modern day comedy team, a la a Key and Peele, especially a Key and Peele now, but like uh, Key and Peele meet the Grudge. And just go like, what would what would that be like? Or Key and Peele beat Hellraiser. Or Key and Peele, you know. Basically, yeah. What what's their take? And now, of course, the Jordan, what's up with you, Howard? Jordan Peele is like the big okay, horror so director. Uh, you know, then it would actually be quite mm. interesting to see what they what they do. But the idea of yeah. like a comedy team that you know yeah. now yeah. take an actual yeah. horror, like because that's what they had back then. It was the actual. Yeah. You know, people who played the monsters back then. Yeah. And like, uh, what are we going to do? Play the horror horror, play the play the comedy comedy. Yeah. Uh, let's see how you do it. Be interesting. Yeah. Well, especially, well, they would be very good because they have such distinct personalities that you would understand 
that you would have like a good contrast in reaction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what you need. You want, you do want like the Lou panicking and then the Abbot not seeing anything and being being impatient with him. You know, what's wrong with you, Lou? <laughs> All that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, I want... It would be nice... It's funny the first time, by the way. It would be funny... Not funny, 18th time. It would be nice, actually, if, like, uh, Costello would uh, take, uh, you know, uh, Abbott aside, like, afterwards and just go, Hey, did you see what I was talking about? Yeah, so maybe next time... <laughs> um, you know, when I'm going... <laughs> maybe go, like, oh, maybe there's a monster behind me. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You almost got killed. But, oh, by the way, uh, vampires are real. We all we've established that vampires are real. The so supernatural exists. So wait, is this, the, means, is this the uh, actor? Is this the actor Lucas Teller? No, nope, this is the character. The this is the character oh, okay. just going like, you know, when you're like, "What's a big deal? What's going on?" You know, "Hey, stupid, what's wrong with you, Lou?" I'm terrified because there's a uh, monster behind. <laughs> I, you know, I'm used to being in comedies, yeah. and now uh, the Lord of the Undead is behind you, and I and I have no frame of reference for that. I, I thought we were going to do a nice baseball skit, and all of a sudden, <laughs> a man just morphed into a human wolf who wants to kill the thing he loves the most uh, behind you. Uh, Satan is real, and uh, and uh, we got to run, you dummy. <laughs> you know what it never ends you with, though? dummy. Like, Again, if I yeah. remember correctly, it'd be interesting if uh, both Bud and Lou got like bit, and it was like the two of them like by <laughs> the end, vampires. and they have to, and they yeah, they they have to now do their act, regular act, but like as vampires, <laughs> and just like hey, you know, there's a lot of funny names for baseball players. Why are you guys vampires? Well, never mind that. But like, lots of crazy names. Are you guys Wolfman? Hey, shut up, you. Uh, don't come to where you work and uh, eat your mom. Anyway, and I could because I'm a wolf man. Now back to the skit. Uh, we just want to be comedians here, folks. Just uh, be cool. Be cool. That'd be good, yeah. It'd be, be good if their characters are like, they go to, to Dracula's castle and then they're the they're the character. I can't remember the, the, the name of the character in the in the Dracula, but, you know, the one who like becomes the servant of Dracula. And is this like a... Reinfeld? Reinfeld, yeah, because it comes to this bug-eating, you know wreck of a man but both of them are like the same that is so yeah scared stiff uh they uh yeah they it's about it's a haunted castle okay one that's right it's uh mary carol inherits her uh, family's ancestral home Mm -hmm. uh located off cuba but despite warnings and death threats yeah uh, she decides to sail there take possession of uh, the haunted castle Joined by nightclub entertainer Larry Todd, I think you know would be uh, Martin. Sure. Who, believing he has killed a mobster, oh. flees New York oh. with his friend Myron. Myron. Yeah, the three enter the Erie Castle and after viewing the ghost of one of Mary's ancestors and fighting off a menacing zombie, find the key to the castle's treasure. Oh. Now, I've got to assume that there's, of course, there's zombies. Now, back then, that's not... Our modern zombie, yeah. not our arr, 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 zombie, yeah, yeah, yeah. but a, mm-hmm. you know, not really. A, and they're not a lot of trouble. That they're zombie. close to Haiti, so it's you know, it's 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 kind of culturally okay. Yeah, I've got to, <laughs> now. I'm not sure whether or not they say believes he's killed a mobster. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume he did not kill the no, mobster. No, he did not kill the mobster. But if he thinks he killed the mobster, probably means he did something to the mobster. The mobster's mad at him. Yeah. Uh, so they're gonna, the mobster's going to send some goons to the haunted castle. Now we're going to have some fun with that. Oh, yeah. Because they're yeah. going to get spooked by the spooks. They're going to get spooked. And, uh, and get chased away and just like, hey, we don't want to go after that guy. He's <laughs> friends with a ghost. <laughs> and uh, there you are. Oh, by yeah. the way, it's also based on a play. Oh, what's the play called? The play is called The Ghost Breaker. 
oh. from 1909. Well, I wonder if that's the uh, inspiration of like Ghost, the uh, original, you, the original Ghost. Um... Are you talking about the Ghost Breakers with Bob Hope? Yes, yeah. yes. It was adapted into the 1940 film called The Ghost Breakers with Bob Bob Hope. It had also been adapted. Wait, did the, that also st- st- uh, have Eddie Rochester, whatever? I will tell you in one second oh, after I tell you that it was also adapted into the 1914 film The Ghost Breaker and the 1922 film The Ghost Breaker. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's find out about uh, Bob Hope and the Ghost Breakers. Uh, who who was uh, who who was uh, the guy who did Rochester? Eddie something. Uh, nope, it is not. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, it's Bob Hope and Paulette Goddard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but So then he did another ghost one then, because he did one that had... Uh, who are you going to call? Oh, is that right? Ghost... Was it, what's that one called? Ghost... Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> that didn't sound right to me. I knew... I knew... What it, I, knew what it, I wanted to say Ghostbusters. So he like, did Ghost Breakers, and, you, and you're going like... He did uh, He did an, another film called Ghostbusters. Is this what you're saying? That's what I'm just wondering. I thought he All did. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, take a look. let's take a look here. Yeah, let's, this is exciting for people out there. They're really oh, curious. It's, uh, it's very, very exciting. Uh, there was uh, okay. No, there was a 1946 movie called Spookbusters. Oh, okay. And that was the Bowery Boys. No, no. But no, I think that's it. Oh, I'm sure. It's, I'm certain he did one with uh, with Rochester. All right. But I don't know what it was. All right. Well, you I know. thought it was called Ghostbusters, but it's just it's why too. It's why, don't too you, why don't you vamp for a while? Is, and I'll tell you. Is Ghostbreakers two words? I believe so. Okay. I, I don't know. I thought. Well, maybe I was. Yeah, the up. Ghostbreakers. That's right. Huh. Yep. Curious. It is uh, consi- cited as a prime example of classic Hollywood horror comedy, along with a film the we've just cat. mentioned. Oh, I thought it was going to be The Cat in the Canary. Adam and Costello. Oh, mm. wait. Oh, good call. Adam and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. And you're right. Hope and Goddard's own Cat in the Canary. Yeah. That's also very good. What huh. was that one about? It's about a haunted house, and they're like a will, and they're there. They have to stay, stay in the house. And I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched All it. All right. Sorry. But it's a haunted house thingy. Very good. I think it's I think it's a fake haunted house though. I think there's like a butler trying to scare them out of it or something. How old did uh, Bob Hope live till? What do you say? Ninety-seven. <laughs> He's pointing upwards. Yep. So ninety. 19- no, I'm saying where he went. He went to heaven. <laughs> he went to heaven. Well, of course he did. Uh, he entertained the troops. Yep. One hundred and one. Ninety-nine. One hundred. Yep. <laughs> lived to be one hundred. <laughs> Died in two thousand and three. Okay. Yep. That's always nice when uh, comedians live a long time. It's like, They're good, only, they let's, only get let's do that. Let's, only, let's do that. Yeah, because, you know, it just shows that a light heart is a long life. Yeah, I'm just like, sorry, I'm, I'm uh, at his Wikipedia page. They got like his personal life where, you know, you have less of his age and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But marriages. Okay, that's nice to see. Extramarital affairs. Well, why Aww. list those? Who needs that? Oh, I thought he was a pretty faithful guy. I guess not. No, well, he's got his own section on Wikipedia about it. Yeah. So I'm going to say, if you've got your own section on Wikipedia about it, uh, no. Well, I have one of mine, but it says David had none. Oh, that's so that very might nice. Be the, that well, might Barbara be the Payton. Yes, no, I didn't know her. Yeah. There's, there's Don't throw names at me. I will. Yes. I deny it entirely. Throw that out there. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, that's all sad. Was there extramarital affairs? Arthur Marks uh, spilled some beans on on him. Okay, okay. there we go. In in the uh, Hope biography, The Secret Life of Bob Hope. Mm. Yeah, there there you go. Uh. Anyway, everybody, uh, let's all be faithful, huh? Come on, there we are. You know when they say, come all ye faithful? Uh, You know, uh, that. Y'all. You know, I I grew up with uh, late Bob Hope. You know, or later Bob Hope as a kid. not the late Bob Hope, not not when he was dead, but I grew up with like with him in his in his, you know, probably in his sixties, I guess. Yeah, 
when he seemed not that great. Like to my generation, Bob Hope wasn't like was not much to sing about. But I, when, as a kid, I watched uh, My Favorite Brunette, which is I believe is the one where he is a baby photographer who is looking after his fellow uh, another fellow in the same sort of suite of offices that he works out of, okay. who's a hard boiled detective. Oh, and he gets mistaken for this detective, and of course he's good premise. I think it's got Paulette Goddard in it as well. All right, who wants him to? I could be wrong, but who wants him to investigate for her? And then he pretends to be because he's smitten with her, so he pretends to be a detective. That's quite a good film. It's got quite a quite a few good jokes in it. He's very good at playing nervous. He's very good at playing nervous. Uh, I'm looking up a fellow who played uh, Rochester. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Ander- Anderson, Eddie Anderson. Uh, yeah. looking looking for uh, supernatural movies. He was in Topper Returns. Mm. This was not what you were thinking. No, about, not though. at all. It's interesting. Okay, fair enough. I don't know what I was. Don't know what I was thinking about. I guess I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course, he was in uh, your favorite film, A Mad, 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 Mad World, as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like a mix of uh, horror and uh, horror and comedy. That's that's a nice, yeah, a nice sweet I mix. Guess, I guess so. You gotta uh, be careful though. Otherwise, you end up with the Maltese Bippy. <laughs> Isn't that a uh, that's a spy? That's a detective movie, though, isn't it? No, it is. Was it a horror movie? Yeah, it was a horror movie about uh, a werewolf. Oh, and it was uh, Martin and Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that because uh, I I wanted to watch it because I liked Laughing as a kid. You weren't really allowed to watch. Did you like Laughing as a kid? I was Mm -hmm. like five. Yeah. What do I know? Everyone's laughing and there's a sexy lady (laughs) dancing in a bikini. That's pretty good. Yes, that's good. That's what I like. I don't know from humor. No. Uh, But so the the afternoon movie. Was uh, was he still doesn't know from humor. The af- yeah, the afternoon movie was yeah. going to be the Maltese Bippy with uh-huh. Martin and Lewis, and yeah. I'm like, oh boy, I want to see this. This sounds great. That sounds fun and funny. Okay, <laughs> and so it starts off with someone going, "The legend says the creature will kill the thing that it loves." Oh, oh what's this? What's this about? What yeah. uh, I say, me like yeah. expecting the funny to start, but then Martin and Lewis come out and they start uh, joking around, like, "Ah, oh, this is all fine, everything's great." And then, uh, then a, there's a werewolf attack and someone's killed, Ooh. and I'm like horrified as a kid because I in no way expected <laughs> this in my comedy. And then my parents go, "We're going outside," and I'm like, "Oh, but no, I got to watch the movie." Uh, the thing and like no we're going outside so we went to the we went to like uh saint Alain and we're playing in the snow but all the time i'm horrified because all i saw was the werewolf murder a person and to me this is where the movie ended like i like my two comedy heroes yeah you know are like in a horrible horror situation and i i, ne- I don't see any resolution i don't see them joking about it mm. uh i'm just like oh ah, ah they're all everyone's murdered okay we're going out and to, to me, that's where it ended. I never was able to see it again. I've never been able to catch it. Huh. So, so yeah, it uh, terrified me as a kid. Let me, let, me, let me pitch this at you. You ready for this? this is, here's a movie idea. I just, Laugh I just had, out. I just had a uh, Wayne and Schuster versus The Tusk, Canadian horror film. Well, let me pitch this back at you. <laughs> okay. Don't hurt what, me. What, uh, oh. what a sensitive soul I was. Yeah. And what a little Catholic boy I was, and how scared of the devil I was. Yeah, they did um, a special called "The Unholy Goalie" about uh, a hockey player who sells his soul to the devil for being a good ho- uh, oh, okay. hockey player. Yeah, and that scared me as a kid. Okay, okay, yeah. Huh. but yeah, okay. So combining Wayne and Schuster with Tusk. Now is Kevin Smith directing it? Is he writing it? Is he involved? <laughs> he is, yes, he is totally involved in it. You know what I'm going to say though? <laughs> okay. We'll let Kevin Smith write half of the script. Okay. And I'm going to give half of it to um, to uh, Frank Schuster's daughter Rosie. Okay. 
Rosie nice. Schuster from Saturday Night Live. I like it. Okay. Uh, let her take over half of that. And then, yeah, you let that play out. So it's a guy who's been kidnapped and is being slowly turned into a walrus. Who played by Schuster. Played by Schuster. I, Schuster. You know what? This is this sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Frank yeah. is uh, Frank Wayne. That's his name, right? Frank? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Wayne and Frank Schuster. Oh, I'm sorry. Frank Schuster, Johnny Wayne. Johnny Wayne is trying to uh, get there. They're supposed to go together, but the one guy got they got separated because one was one one couldn't make it. To well, the train. who's the straight man? I, well, I thought they were both funny. No. Yeah. Okay. Because he had like the dumb big dumb guy, and then yeah. he had the little kind of they had the little the little. I smart thought little guy. guy's the funny guy, but okay. No, they're both. They're both I don't funny. know. If I want to. Sh- I, I don't want to see if, uh, Frank Schuster, you know, whatever the big tall guy going and just like traveling. I don't no, know. no, no, no. Okay. He's he's the one being turned into a, a, wal- a walrus. Oh, the tall guy's being turned yeah, into yeah, a walrus. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah. So we got to give as they as they say on um, uh, uh, Simpsons, we, you got to give that uh, guy give guy some dignity. So he's like a fancy man, and he's being turned into a walrus. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. And then the other guy's trying. Uh, I think the other guy maybe is a failed circus guy, and then we end up with them as like an <laughs> I don't animal want a, act. I don't want a failed circus guy. Uh, well, because then you, you have it at the end where like uh, he can't turn him back from a walrus, but yeah. you know now they can work together and they're a successful uh, act. How about he's and then a... you have some joke at the end where they and then he runs for prime minister. And you're like, because he looks like some prime minister with a mustache. I don't know who that would be. Write your own joke. Find out who one of Rob, them is. Robert Borden. Boom. Robert Borden. Perfect. There and there you go. Robert and that's uh, beautiful. We'll end with a Robert Borden yeah. joke. They like a little uh, soft political humor I love at this. the end. I love this. This is a great pitch. I think anything that ends with a Robert Borden joke is is like... Okay, here's what I want. Doomed doomed to succeed. All right. Here's what here we're going with. Okay. Uh, kids in the hall. Okay. Uh, Hellraiser. <laughs> okay, I was hoping for something Canadian, but okay. Oh, you want more Canadian? Yeah, it has to be more Canadian. All right, kids. Okay. Oh no, I got it. Okay. Oh no, I got it. Okay. Dave. Yeah. Get your wallet out. Okay. <laughs> kids in the hall. Yeah. But just playing their female characters. Okay. Black Christmas. Oh, I like it a lot. <laughs> I really like it a lot. Yeah. Nice job. Thanks. Nice job. It's really good. I think we can get funding for that right now. Let uh-huh. me just go online and check. Uh-huh. We got it. Okay. But we got to do a version in French as well. Okay. I got another one for you. Okay. This is Kids in the Hall related, but I'm just going to take off one of the actors out of it. And it's going to be Scott. And what was his character that he played? Um, Buddy Cole. Buddy Cole. Buddy Cole. Yeah. Pontypool. So, Pontypool? Pontypool. Or Buddy Pool? Buddy, Buddy Pool, yeah. Buddy Pool. Do you, do you know Pool? Do you know that movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I don't want to yeah. spoil what it is, but he'll be the DJ. He'll be the DJ. Okay. Air farce. If people haven't, oh, sorry, do I got. Do people out there know what Pontypool is? Okay, you can tell them. Yeah, I'll just give it like a kind of. Brief, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but it's a movie. It's basically kind of a zombie film, mm-hmm. but the disease is passed through words, not through. It's not like a virus, not, not like an airborne virus, whatever. It's through people. When people are talking, they can contract this weird condition that causes them to become like zombies but it's a very very good film i highly recommend it okay pontypool air farce yep cube i've never seen cubes so, oh but I'll, I'll imagine that that would be very good with air okay farce. what are we gonna do with uh uh okay bob and doug mckenzie okay all right now what what are we gonna put them in what are we what, what canadian horror movie are we gonna put them in uh rabid <laughs> darn that's that would be pretty good that would be yeah okay, yeah yeah. 
I was thinking, I was thinking uh, shivers, or they came from within, but that's, that would also be good. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay, wait. Okay. SCTV. Yeah. Just in general. The SC- cast. SCTV. The entire cast. Videodrome. Sure. All playing different characters. Yeah, on in the video. Okay. Yeah, So, that's like, right. Mark, uh, Catherine O'Hara is the blondie role, and, yeah. and Joe Fleury would have to be the, uh, the James Wood character. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For That'd sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. In fact, I'd like to just replace James Woods out of that, with that with that. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> and, I'm in. Hmm. Because they'd also be good in scanners. Yeah, they would be good in scanners. That's tough. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Oh, those are two. That's yeah. Good. That's oh, that's so tough. Okay. Well, I think we've made some uh, some good progress. Yeah, here I think today. we got some stuff we can. All right. I'm going to just uh, briefly turn to our mailbag then. I like, I like how this whole Christmas, yeah. we've just been talking about horror and Halloween, yep. Halloween songs. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of strange. I like it. What an odd Christmas we've had. Um, so we were asking last week, what's your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? Also, uh, have you ever seen a famous person, but were too afraid to approach them? And have you ever lined up uh, outside a store on like a Boxing Day uh, type situation? Mm. Okay. So, um, how do we pronounce our friend Canaan's uh, name? Canon? Canaan, yeah. Canaan? Yeah. Hi, Canaan. Uh, writes, when I used to table at VanCaf, I always started the day at Vancouver's famous Elbow Room Cafe, which is known for its celebrity patrons. So my odds were high, but I never saw anyone until one Sunday when I was telling my wife uh, she should come for breakfast with me because Nathan Fillion is in town and he's bound to be there. Uh, but she opted to go uh, visit a friend in Chilliwack, leaving me to eat on my own. And who should be there but... Um, Dave Thomas from SCTV. No, no. It was Nathan Fillion, as predicted. He was uh, up the hill a bit from the doors wearing a hat and sunglasses and flanked by two security fellas, so I assumed it was not a good idea to approach. Also, (laughs) I did approach a celebrity once and lined up outside a store to do so. For over two hours, Terry Pratchett was uh, signing books at Minotaur, a comic sci-fi nerd store in Melbourne, which doesn't really fit your lineup, which uh, doesn't really fit your lineup to buy something question. I think it does. Yeah. But worse, I lined up uh, to show him my attempt at a four-page Discworld comic, which he hated. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Boo. Boo yeah. on that. You're a, a wonderful artist, and uh, wrong he was. Yeah. However... There was a group of four people slightly ahead of me in line, and one of the guys was plucking random pulp uh, fantasy novels off the shelves and reading them out loud in horrible fake accents. Uh, As we rounded the last corner to see Mr. Pratchett, the man himself looked up from his autograph pile to say, Shut the fuck up! (laughs) Well, This guy's a crappy... That's right. Uh, Which elicited many a cheer from the line. So he hated my comic, but he also hated the grandstander, so it's all good. No, it's not all good. No, No, the not liking your thing... Listen... You know what? You were someone who uh, made the effort to do that kind of thing. Now, yeah. to be fair, he could be saying, I can't look at this because it's an adaptation of my work and there might be a legal problem behind it and we're going to do something. And then uh, that you'll go, hey, you ripped me off. And that that might be a thing. Yeah. But I don't think that's what he was doing. He was just, when he, if he was saying he hated it, uh, eh, boo to yeah. that. That's bad, bad form, my friend. Bad yeah. form on his part. Yeah. Um, that the, just further confirms my opinion of Good Omens. It's not being very good. There we are. The um, Elbow Room Cafe, I never had the nerve to go because I don't like being insulted. I hope you weren't insulted too bad. Why not, you uh, dummy? Oh, wow. I actually do like my eggs now. <laughs> it's good. 
Um, <laughs> they had the Elbow Room Cafe is now closed, but mm. uh, it has become a, a play. There's a play, the Elbow Room Cafe, that oh, tours okay. now around. Uh, it's apparently quite good. It's been replaced by a different joint. <laughs> That's because Elboy, Elboys, oh boy. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, I, I may or may not have done improv with uh, Nathan Fillion when he was a member of uh, Calgary Improv. Um, you, can't, you can't speak of it. I can't. Well, did you sign a, a waiver or something? Like, no, it's just on a regular NBA? on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, this group of Calgary improvisers, including my friend uh, Mark Meir, would come and perform at Vancouver Theater Sports. Yeah, and uh, and that was when Nathan was doing theater sports. So they did it so often. Odds are he was in one of the rotations that came in. Hmm. Um, it's just like I performed fairly regularly in Seattle every year, and during a time when Joel McHale was part of Seattle Theater Sports, and so yeah, I think I performed with both of them. Uh, Chris Roberts writes, I have a bit of a soft spot. Soft spot. Look, guys, it's the end of the holidays. Our mouths aren't working. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, listen to the episode of the Fans Planners we just did. I can't say what the name of the movie is, but see how many flubs I have. If you've missed the old drinking game where we had take a drink when you hear a siren, try take a drink when I flub a name, okay? And enjoy the alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Chris Roberts writes. Don't worry. I was there to correct him each time. That's right. By going, what? (laughs) I have a bit of a very jab of the huddish. I don't know why. I guess it's because last time we did Star Wars and he still had that on the mind. Not because anything Star Wars related is in this next one. I can't say anything. (laughs) Chris Roberts says, I have a bit of a soft spot for the 1970 musical Scrooge with Albert Finney. Yeah, that's a sweet one. Uh, Yes, it's too long. Mm -hmm. And the songs are awful. Agreed. But I saw it (laughs) when I was eight. It's charming. In a massive cinema in Glasgow. I was just amazed by the scale, the spectacle, and the spookiness. Mm. Alec Guinness uh, is excellent as Marley, and the three spirits are very effective. 1950 Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim has to be the best straight adaptation. Favorite, though, come on, guys. Everyone knows it's the Muppets. Pretty good. Uh, great to have Jason on the show again. Always a delight. Happy Hogmanay. How do you say it? Hogmanay, yeah. Hogmanay. Thank you. Uh, I just have a, I have a question for Chris Roberts. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you can't ask directly um, Chris, to me because yeah, I don't I'm, speak no, for this him. Is, this is a All right, but Chris, this is a question for you. Yeah, Chris, why were you in Glasgow? Mm. Like that. Like if you're going to go to a big city, I assume, like knowing where he lives or sort of knowing where he lives, okay. I would have assumed that Edinburgh would be closer than going all the way to Glasgow. Okay. But I could be wrong. I might just be confused in my, in my Scottish geography. Because although I've driven the length and breadth of Scotland, I have no idea where I am. Like g- geographically, if you know what I mean, like I'm driving, but I if if you like you know had a camera over top of the car and then zoomed up, mm-hmm. up 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 to show me like in the landscape and then even higher up to show, me, I would just I would be like, oh, is that where I was? <laughs> okay, I had no idea, no idea at all. Anyway, go on. Canon writes again. Uh, PSA for any more Australian listeners who would like to send Tim Tams in the post. Tim Tams are readily available in Canada in some supermarkets, Safeway, but certainly in London Drugs. Uh, spend your money sending Chicos, Strawberries and Creams, Bullets, Jaffas, Pods, Shapes, and many more, many more other things you can't get uh, here. Send more. Send them often. You can get Jaffa Jaffa cakes here. Oh, Jaffa cakes, yeah. Uh, I thought I would, that was a list of Dr. Seuss things. I would say caramel koalas. Those are uh, Those are good. I like, the, I like that. I like the... Um 
Oh, I can't remember the name of it. And listen, we appreciate everything. If there's a, I what I got. I couldn't. If remember there's any it. potato chip flavors we don't have here too, you go for that. And uh, if anyone, uh, by the way, if people want to send us things, uh, you can go to our contact us page on the website, and you will find an address there. Oh, good. So, and that's f- where to send uh, snacks. Feel free to send your for a couple of Bill Oakleys. Yeah, yeah. Nina, uh, hi writes, Nina. Hi Nina. Writes. Oh, so first of all, quotes. Uh, if I ever become someone who keeps repeating the same stories, please tell me, is what I said. <laughs> Boy, have I got some bad news for you. Oh, jeez. Uh, seriously, Uh-oh. though, you guys have been recording yourself every week for like a decade, so of course you'll repeat things. I don't blame you for that, and they're always interesting stories. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Uh, but that reminds me, uh-oh, a few episodes ago, David brought up an observation uh, that he's never heard of anyone winning a car from the PNE. He That's said, I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. And he went, no, I don't think you have. Please tell us. But he definitely had brought it up. And then I swear the rest of the episode had you both telling stories uh, you've told before in the past. It was like a clip show. I thought I was going crazy. I don't mind at all, though. Neither of you ever embellish uh, them with each retelling. But if you ever start doing that, I will notice. I think that's that's interesting that we don't embellish them. That we just kind of. Oh, it sounds like they're true then. Yeah. Well, but even people with true stories will embellish them over time. Yeah, that's true. Because remember what what Jason was saying, where he was telling when he where was his president, fa- his father, his, his not father-in-law, but his his partner's father will tell stories. And one time he introduced like a thing in. That related to him, like Jason. Yeah. And then next time he heard it, his father-in-law had incorporated that that little bit about Jason into his own story. He stole Jason's life. Terrible. Yeah. And if you don't stop it then, the next time the story's told, mm-hmm. that's the way it's going to go. Louise, our friend Louise, writes us, In 1984, Hi, I was an extra on the made-for-TV movie Secrets of a Married Man, Ooh. starring William Shatner and Sybil Shepard, about a family man who gets involved with a blackmailing prostitute. Who During, was who is Sybil Shepherd? Was she the blackmailing prostitute? Yes, she was. Hmm. Dave, yeah. I'm going to try sending you a link to this trailer, and you are going to hopefully put it up. Um, <laughs> I during, will for sure. During a meal break, Mr. Shatner sat at an order. During a meal break, is that the accent you want to have? He ate some Swedish food. Mr. Shatner sat at an outdoor picnic table. Oh, is that what you're trying to say? In the catering area, rather than staying in his trailer. Even though I was a Star Trek fan, I didn't think it was cool to approach him when he was working. Also, I was dressed as a street hooker, so that might have been a little awkward. So immediately, second, a street hooker. Immediately, I go to the trailer, <laughs> and I I'm not sure if she is in the trailer or not. Okay, you know, there we okay. go. Um, uh, I just like that you were a street hooker, a street hooker, and also thinking that you could have. Uh, you said, although I'm a Star Trek fan, I didn't think it would be cool. Like you just stop right there. That's that's right. That's a perfectly accurate statement. As a Star Trek fan, it f- it feels like you couldn't dress. Too much sexy for like uh, you know Captain Kirk. Yeah. Like he would be like, "Hey, this ain't for me." <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, and again, who is he to judge with what he has done that you were dressed that way? None, nothing. You made that movie with all the spiders. Remember the spider movie? What was that one? Kingdom of the Spiders. Kingdom of the Spiders. How dare he judge you? <laughs> Why is that a terrible movie? Uh, well, I don't it's, like spiders. Not great. I, you don't like spiders. I don't like spiders in a movie where they're eating people. I don't like them. Oh, well, I, I like spiders in real life. I yeah. guess I could say the same thing about anything. You know what? I got to tell you, yeah. uh, I like them more now that I'm in a house without a lot of spiders in it. 
Back uh, in the day, I did not mm. care for them as much because there like was a spiders. surprise spider that would like drop in front of my face. Oh, I get that all the time when I'm working in the sh- in the mm. shop slash studio. Okay, I'll often cut, they come down from the ceiling right in front of my eyes. Yeah, don't don't care for that. I don't it doesn't bother me. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, "Do your own thing." That's what I say to spiders. I think I remember the Albert Finney Christmas Carol more than the others. Uh, didn't George C. Scott play Scrooge once too? Indeed, he did. He did, yeah. Uh, I gave the new FX Scrooge uh, series a watch with Guy Pierce over the holidays, but I just fell asleep. I didn't even make it to the spooky parts. Bah humbug! He just used the same makeup from from the Alien movie. Oh, very good. Uh, I, I was going to watch it, and I did not watch it. And yet I've watched The Witcher, and I should have watched this instead. <laughs> Before my wife and I were married, I think it was December of 2006, uh, she and I slept outside of a Best Buy all night for the Nintendo Wii. Uh, she needed to get Wii. one for her three boys, and I needed uh, I needed one for my two kids. So we brought sleeping bags and blankets and tried to sleep on the pavement in front of the store. It was the longest night ever with a bunch of rowdy patrons <laughs> hoping to get a Wii too. Fortunately, yeah. we were in line right before the cutoff. And we both got one. That's uh, lucky. They were impossible to get that Christmas. After that night, we both vowed that nothing would be worth waiting for overnight sleeping on the ground for. I waited outside for a Wii with my sister-in-law, uh, Victoria. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. And we were heckled by people walking by. <laughs> uh, not walking by, but driving by. <laughs> You know, and it was like, uh, yeah, that wasn't cool. <laughs> Did they yell nerd or what's something? It was something like, you know, you know, losers or something like that. It just they, they seem like nice kids. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was good stuff. That's hilarious. And what we jerks. And, and we did not get but one but because they jerks. were sold out. Oh. But, but you're able, you had a contact. But I had a contact, and my contact, who's the nerd now with this contact, Miss um, <laughs> Gail Simone, uh, the comic book writer. Uh, she lives in a small town with a Fred Meyer that had uh, Fred Meyer's. That uh, you know they get it's Fred an equal, Meyer. You said it right. Fred okay, Meyer. they get an equal amount of stock of other Fred Meyers, but they had less people in town. And so she was able to get one, and she uh, mailed one to me. And so uh, it was a very sweet thing for her to do, and I ended up with a wee. Very nice. And uh, what a good system that was. Um, Edward Dragansky also writes, Having been a convention goer for many years now, I've met my share of celebrities from the world of comics, film, and television. But uh, you're prepared to meet them, and in many cases pay money for their autographs and services. No, no, just autographs. Oh, services. Fortunately, one of the best encounters with a celebrity didn't take place at a con, and to this day is one of my most memorable. It had to be, I had to be around 15 or 16 when this happened. I was standing in line to check in at O'Hare Airport in Chicago when I noticed a slightly elderly man in front of me who I thought looked a bit like Roger Moore. I tried to get a better look at his face by shifting around when he turned to me and said, Hello. He had tinted glasses, a tweed cap, and was puffing on a small cigar. And I was 99% certain this was Sir Roger Moore. I apologized for staring and stammered as I told him how much he looked like Roger Moore. He smiled and said something like, I get that a lot, mostly from those who know me best. (laughs) I didn't know what to say, and I was processing what he meant. Before I could say another word, he extended his hand and said, Roger Moore. I shook it and told him how I'd grown up with his 007 films and how much I enjoyed them. He thanked me and asked where I was from. Dallas, I said. Oh, (laughs) that that was a Dallas accent. Okay. Oh, I I love Texas, Moore said. (laughs) Such beautiful country down there. You're all lucky to live there, and the people are so friendly. Southern hospitality and all. And that was about it. No photo, no autograph, just the experience. 
He was next to approach the counter, so Moore wished me a safe trip and moved on. After giving me a package, he said to carry under my shirt. <laughs> of all the Bonds, I, I'm glad to have met Moore. He really was uh, kind to chat with me and make me not feel like a dumbass for staring at him. But I suppose they get that a lot. That's yep. great. Yeah. Uh, all I've never heard anyone say a bad story about uh, an encounter with Roger Moore. No, anyone who's had a, a bad encounter with Roger Moore were immediately killed by his handlers. That's right. So please. there's no, no one to Whackety whack them, please. <laughs> Whackety whack, boys. Now cut up the bodies and put them in these UNICEF no, that, boxes. That's... UNICEF, cover their bodies in pennies <laughs> and like send them off. No one ever checks the penny boxes. No <laughs> one, the money pennies. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I am not a yes you know I'm not a huge Roger Moore I'm not a, it's not that I, I'm not a huge fan of the Roger Moore Bond films but that story certainly makes me uh, think very highly of that gentleman and he's very good in The Saint watch episodes of The Saint mm, the TV charming. show yeah, yeah yes and Edward writes this one more time. Do you guys talk about me off the air about how much I ramble on here? It's okay, I get that a lot. You know what? It's interesting that you mention that because um, we usually let uh, things run a little bit long at the end of you know uh, after we're done with a sneaky dragon uh, episode, and I think we got like last week's oh, yeah, just okay. the end of last week's show. Okay, do you want to play it? I'll just run. I'll run it by because yeah. you were wrapping this one up, so it'll it'll start with you wrapping up the show, okay. and then you'll hear us just talking. So okay, this is last week's show. And you'll find us on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. And, uh, well, that's all the ways to contact us. So uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Yeah. Thanks, Jason, for being on the show. Go right, right guys. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, Merry Christmas from me as well, everyone. So please happy have holidays. a happy holidays and have a safe holidays. And we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. <sighs> Another fucking show. Another fucking fucking show how yeah. many more of these do we have to do for our community service uh, how many still have another 125 on you know what um, i didn't even do it yeah i, I did not even do it oh. i did not even take that package from roger fucking Moore. you were the one <laughs> he looked like a i know every time he sees a guy gentleman. he gives people a package of yeah. fucking hash yeah and then like you gotta shove it in your pants or up your shirt you know me i can't say no to a man no, with I a know. corset i know i know and then we got another letter from yeah. Edward Dragansky. Yeah. And now, oh, you know what that's followed by? A letter from Edward Dragansky. <laughs> and you know another one? Dragansky. <laughs> hey, Edward, maybe save them all up. Maybe put them in one letter. Do you think he, like, sends letters out in the mail like this? How many stamps does that guy go through in his life? Keeping the frickin' post office in business, that guy. Oh, man. And Nina. Do not even start. Don't even start with me on Nina. Don't even start. She is a delight. I know you always say bad things about her. And that's why I'm saying don't start, because she's a delight. Thank you for throwing me under the bus. Canaan. That Canaan guy. Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen? Listen, yeah. I don't want to be a bad He thinks he's a land. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what? Mm -hmm. I saw... Okay, I was looking online, and I yeah. found this four-page adaptation of a Terry Bratch Pratchett oh. thing that he did. Oh, yeah. Is it Discworld? The Discworld, the one. No, right? it was. You know what it was? What it was? It was shit world, is what I call it. <laughs> ditch world. That's what I heard. The Terry. You Patrick know what I call it? it? Yeah. I called it ditch shit world. <laughs> fuck off, bad drawing. That's what I called it. That's what I called it. Stink, right? Stinky bad drawing. Bad. Stop drawing bad. Learn that, to draw more. Bad. That, if I want to see, it, is what I called it. If I want to see it online, that's what I should type in for a search. Yeah. Okay. Is Terry Pratchett alive? No, he's yeah. Because this would have killed him. <laughs> Just like killed him Maybe dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Ugh. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I heard uh, Terry Pratchett died yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing a uh, Wii. Mm. He was playing with a Wii. Yeah. And then fell on it. Oh, Hailed him. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so next week I got to do this? He's killed by a little Wii. I got to do the show next mm-hmm. week? Yeah. Can't take Christmas off? Can't take New Year's off? <laughs> nope. Oh, it's a great union we got here with this podcasting <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, when we get this kind of money, you just got to s- smile and cash it. Yeah. When it, oh, fuck. That Patreon thing. Mm-hmm. I can't even. I can't even. If I have to plug that one more fucking time. I'm like, it, there's like no shame about, to it. There's no shame the, to it. I just feel like. You're talking what, about the Sneaky Dragon Patreon. Yeah. You know what I feel like? Yeah. I feel like a, a 1984 prostitute who's like <laughs> trying to talk to William Wait, Shatner. You feel like a street hooker? I feel like a street hooker. I feel like a street hooker just like going, oh, hey, how you doing? Have you seen my Patreon? Sure, yeah. Put some money in just, my Patreon, yeah. William Shatner. That's what I feel like. <laughs> I say that unrelated to anything. Yeah. Well, that is always whenever I refer to a street prostitute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a 1984 street prostitute. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. I don't know why you don't call them street hookers. It's so much faster to say it. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I just feel disrespectful to my friends who have portrayed them in film. <laughs> okay. I, res- I respect. I don't know them. anyone who's done that. Too much- well, I wish. I wish I didn't either. Okay. But man, a lot of them have <laughs> a lot, a surprising amount. Yeah. And you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't believe some of the names of the ones I I know that have done extra work as street hookers. Mm. Some of them are involved in like projects now that that would be a bad thing to know about. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shut up. I'm, even in a bit, I won't do it. I won't refer <laughs> to the real thing. <laughs> I won't connect those two dots. <laughs> It's pretty good. I will not do I, that. I will make this ungoogleable. I like that you do that. No, that shows, not even as a comedy bit will I do that. I, you're damn right. You know what, will. though? I'm going to do it. Oh, I would rather not. There's nothing that Oh, we're out of me. tape. So anyway, that was last week. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. We left the room when we were playing that, so I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I can't even remember it. what we were talking about. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, thanks to all our letter writers. You mean a lot to us, and it's mm-hmm. great to have you writing letters to us. Yeah. Um, so I think that's when we finished off. We just finished off the wassail with Jason. Oh, that was what it that was. That was always oh, yeah. just having a little. We bit were of hitting drink. the wassail pretty we, hard. Yeah, yeah, we were, we're yeah. sailing over the seven seas. I think I, said. I would say one of the questions I would like for this week yeah. is, uh, what would you say would be a good comedy uh, horror mashup? It doesn't have to be Canadian. Okay, yeah, but yeah. like take a comedy movie, maybe and a and a horror movie or a comedy team comedy and a team. horror I think comedy team and uh, yeah, yeah. And see, what would you like to mm-hmm. mash mash them sure. up? Sure. All right, I'll just start you off with the, like the first half, and you got to do the second. Not you. Pardon me. Oh, so full of wassail. Uh, <laughs> Monty Python mm. and and then you. I what, was thinking what, that. Yeah, I was just thinking it would have been it would have been kind of funny if Monty Python had done like a horror movie mashup. Yes, just because it would it was it's so corny, but it, it'd be a real challenge. Where I feel like the last film they did, The Meaning of Life. You know, it's basically like a sketch comedy movie. There's no like, right? They do give it like kind of a fake through line. Death but, was kind of scary, but that was about it. Yeah, it was just it wasn't really like a it wasn't really like a Unlike Holy Grail and Life of Brian, it, it wasn't like a true like movie, like a story. Mm-hmm. And it would have been kind of fun to see them like. But I think by that point they they didn't have like the, you know, they were just too comfortable to want to do the hard work, the heavy lifting. It was easier just to do like a sketch anthology. I which would agree. It's still good, but yeah. so that's my that's my question is uh, it's no Life of Brian mix up of uh, of sketch comedy yeah. uh, group uh, or comedy group in some way. And uh, and uh, horror thing. Have you got a secondary question? I don't. Okay. I didn't know I was supposed to think of one. No, you do not. Let have me think. To think let of me one. let me just go back to the show. Well, you were talking about how sixties uh, comedies are not funny. Yeah, yeah, maybe strong words. Those are strong words, and you know, um, 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back down from it. I'm not gonna back down. I don't back down from my own extreme won't opinions. Won't back down. I won't back down. I, you know, it's not fun to have opinions if the if they're not kind of out there. You know. Nope, that's true. Like if you're gonna have movie opinions, like if your movie opinions are stuff like, you know, what's good, Bull Durham. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's not something people say often. I mean, they like Bill Durham, but yeah. no one talks about Bull Durham. I know. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, like, that's not like who cares? Like, okay, it's, yeah, it's, that's okay. a good movie, I guess. But you know, it's not really like a, yeah, like you want to like take it to the limit, like the Eagles did. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. What's the question again? <laughs> I don't know. What's your favorite Eagles song? That's right. What's your favorite Eagles song, everyone? <laughs> okay. What's your favorite Fred Eagle Smith song, everyone? All right, we've been doing this too long. What's your favorite Sam the Eagle part bit on The Muppet Show? Oh, I would say his love affair with, uh, or unrequited love affair with Janice in the in the uh, ABC Muppets. That is good. Yeah. That is very good. Mm. Mm-hmm. And trying to do the mistletoe and it's uh, yeah, not, yeah. not working out. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. We've been we've both uh, been talking uh, recently about our enjoyment of uh, the Muppets ABC show, the recent kind of rea- you know, the one that's uh, sort of a reality. It's kind of like The Office, yeah, a little, kind of uh, like the little office-y, yeah. which, which yeah. threw me off at first and kind of put me off. And I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. And but then it got it got quite good, and it's available on Disney Plus. It's, it's very the good. lowercase Muppets if you're looking for mm. the name the Muppets because the movie is called the Muppets. Uh, but yeah, give it a give it a look. And the nice thing was. Uh, I, I made a little comment about that, and one of the producers, Nell Schofield, uh, uh, wrote uh, me on Twitter and uh, said, "Have you seen the My Miss Piggy episode yet?" And I was like, "No, I have not seen that one yet." And then I watched it, and it's a wardrobe malfunction episode, okay. and uh, very, very good. Mm. Yeah, it was nice because I could actually say, "No, that was really good." <laughs> so it's always nice when someone asks, "What do you think of this?" and you can go like, "Really good." So yes, I, give it a shot. I was a big fan of it when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it since then, but we watched an episode tonight before we did this. I'm going to throw this out there then as my secondary question. Uh, something that's on streaming that's an underrated television series. Mm. Something that, you know, oh, you missed this the first time around. Give that a check out. I'm going to say The Muppets would be one of those. Okay. Yeah. I don't often watch TV shows in, in, that, in that format. The Good Place? Yeah. It's very good. I, I don't know people, if it's underrated. I, no, I think people really like it, but yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely worth... Worth it, worth a see. I tried to watch um, Kristen Bell's uh, Disney Plus show Encore. Uh, yeah. It was a little forced. Mm. I like the premise of of getting together, yeah, uh, uh, old high school uh, groups that did a musical and having them do it again. But it just felt a little overly produced, which was a drag mm. for she's, me. She's a Frozen person, right? Yep. Who did she play in that? Uh, she played the sister who you want to build a snowman. Okay, that's her. Mm. She's okay. not Elsa. Not Elsa. She is the Elsa other. was Idina Menzel. Was that who played Elsa? I believe so. I will not t- try to pronounce it because uh, John Travolta tried to and has been mocked to this day. Well, I just did it and I did it successfully. And also and strongly recommend uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. You got a chance to watch that on That Netflix? was very good. That was very good. Yeah, yes. the Mr. Music thing is just so good. At yeah. That. Oh, yeah, man with, alive. Uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Very funny. Yes. Someone that you don't often see do comedy. The last time I saw, saw him do comedy was uh, City Slickers. So it's been a while since I saw, oh, okay. saw him do some comedy. And, but he's, uh, he's very good. Very good. Yeah, there was, a, there was one of the things that inspired him was, I forget what it was, I want something Ruth and the Nut, 
want to say the Nutsack Bunch. That doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> but it was a Maurice Sendak okay. and Carol Pope collaboration. Carol Pope from, from uh, really? From the musician Carol from Pope. From Rough Trade, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 sorry. High School Confidential. Carol, no, no. Uh, feel the earth move under my feet. Who am I talking oh, about? Carol, Carol King. King. Apologize. Carol King. Okay. Uh, apologize. Apologize. I could not apologize more. Uh, but it's, you could. It's animated. It's on YouTube. And it's uh, it's uh, pretty good. Got some interesting all right. Uh, I'll, I'll put a there. put a link up for that one. Yeah, was it nut? I don't want to see. Fine, I'll find it. Does it have to put in? Does it to put in Morris Sendak and Carol and Carol King? And all up. right, we'll figure we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it all. Anyway, all thank away. you so much for. Uh, I just want to say one thing. Before oh, we go. good. Okay, go for just it. A, just a little heads up for everyone. I um uh, for Christmas time, I forgot to mention this. I got a twenty three and Me kit. Okay. Which I proceeded to spit into while watching Mids Midsomar the other uh, night, despite the fact that my my throat dried up watching that movie. <laughs> and uh, and I sa- I mailed it off. So uh, quite soon I will we will soon reveal my uh, whatever I am. Oh, cool. Fifteen percent Irish. I'm I'm quite certain. Yeah. Well, I did I did like mine, else. and I was like Irish, Scottish, a little bit of Swedish. Yeah. See what, see what I'm get. hoping it's something interesting because a, a a bunch of my family's from Cornwall. Oh, which you know had a had the French, had the Spanish go there. So uh, you know, I might might have an interesting mix there. I'm sorry that I'm giggling that I was saying it was the nutsack bunch. <laughs> of course, it wasn't the nutsack. No, of course Jesus it wasn't the nutsack bunch. and the testicle crowd. <laughs> the testicle team. No, it was it was the nutshell bunch. Anyway, it was, it was a special called Really Rosie. That was what oh, was I can called. see you got mixed up there. We, and the nuts, uh, forget really, it. Really Why? I, I, I don't need any bunch. of this from you, Bill. Right, Listen, everyone. let's just talk to the nice people. If you want to uh, write us, uh, sneakydragon.com. We never make fun of our writers afterwards. <laughs> sneakydragon.com. Uh, their episodes are there, and underneath is the message board. Eh, post there. Or, are you on Facebook? Sure you are. Uh, we got the Sneaky Dragon page there. You can post there. That's eh, fine. Twitter. Sneaky underscore dragon. You can go and write us there. Or, hey, uh, Tumblr. Uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Or, hey, look, you like email? You know? Why yeah, not? I do. Sneaky D at sneakydragon.com. Sneaky D at sneakydragon.com. Well, you interrupted me over that second one. Sneaky D <laughs> at sneakydragon.com. And if you want to eat at the Elbow Room Cafe too late, too late does it's, not exist anymore. Too bad. You had your chance. And now, uh, where, well, where can I get a nice, uh, delicious eggs breakfast? Well, what you can do is you can look at, at our YouTube page and see Dave and me making eggs, uh, Dedrick, which is the traditional, uh, Boxing Day, uh, food that, uh, Dave makes. Uh, but you can make it anytime you want, but only once a year because it's very rich. I made it twice this year. You can make it twice a year because it's very rich. <laughs> and, uh, and there you go. I didn't make the eggs. I, did, I just made the Bernays sauce for the second time. Mm. We had it with some uh, with some uh, tenderloin. I made the terrible mistake of learning how to make blender hollandaise, and now I'm in so much trouble because I know how to make hollandaise. Mm. Yep. Here's hey, you want to know how to make blender hollandaise? Let me tell you real quick. You take three egg yolks, you put it in your blender, you take a little squeeze of uh, lemon juice, and then what you're going to do? You're going to take like quite a bit of uh, butter, melt yes. it up, and probably you're going to probably half a cup, I would think. You know what? I do a stick. Yeah, stick of okay. butter, melt it up, which is a half cup. You're mm. absolutely correct. And then what you want to do before you do that is you want to take a little cayenne pepper. You want to do a shot of hot sauce. Just one little shot, boom, in there. Lifts it up a little bit. Then get it all mixing. You're mixing it. You got the little hole in the top of your blender. You're going to pour in some melted butter, nice and slow. 
slower <laughs> and then when it's done you got some hollandaise sauce and oh, it's nice. uh, very very nice do i put in dill indeed i do but that is up to you live your own life and live your own truth all right well yeah. one last thing before we go okay i just want to let everyone know that listening party dropped oh uh, yes week. please so mary and i just came out with a new show and we had a lot of fun i decided it would be entertaining for me to uh, instead of going back into our recent past for a uh, mixtape I did a best of 2019, or oh, my cool. favorite song. I wouldn't say best of. Let's say my favorite Rest songs of, of two, 2019. Just because I can't hear everything, and nor do I want to. So this is the stuff that I heard that I liked a lot. And I thought that uh, uh, listeners to the listening party would enjoy it as well. So there we go, everyone. So give that a listen. It's available at SneakyDragon.com or on iTunes at Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Not there iTunes. Apple Podcast. And if you uh, know people that like to read, uh, Dave and I did a book called Sparks with our friend Nina Matsumoto. Nina, Nina drew it. I wrote it. And uh, David colored it. And he's uh, hard at work right now coloring the second book in the series about two cats that dress up as a dog and save the world. So yeah. go get that. And also, uh, I did a book called Exorcisters with my friend Giselle Legacy uh, that's in stores. And we're working on the second series of that as well right now. So if you like reading that and if you like listening to podcasts, we've got a lot of them. Go to SinkyDragon.com. And now we're going to sign off. And uh, bye. And don't get me started about Nina. Oh, geez. Nina? Yeah. Again. Again with the letters. Like the passive aggressiveness is just, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Sure. I get it. Oh, I think the tape's running still. All right. Let's turn it off. Good. It's off. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it!